And good morning. This is WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo, WO and Olean, and WUBJ Jamestown. You're tuning in for Buffalo What's Next, and we'll be getting to the program very shortly. My name's Jay Moran, along with Tom Barrett this good morning. Good morning, everybody. You are, in fact, listening to your local NPR station, WBFO, and we are here to have a very important conversation about financially giving to your station. It's our annual membership pledge drive, spring 2023 into WBFO, and that means taking some time in between important news stories to remind each other of the value you carry for the strength of this station, and even to remind you of the position that you Yes, you have in the sound of this station. Everything that we put on the air, whether it's national or or locally, regionally pro, um, produced programs, such as Buffalo What's Next, which is coming up momentarily, can come to you because of your support. And we, we need your support right now. Please pledge online right now, wbfo.org, or go or call us at, w, at uh, 1-877-456-8870. And we should uh, mention it's... We talk about it frequently during Buffalo What's Next, but it's always worth remembering that this program became a reality when this community was uh, shattered on May 14th of last year. And it's because of you and your belief in public radio that the management at this particular organization, Buffalo Toronto Public Media, of course, the overseer of WBFO, determined that what was needed at that time was a show where community issues could be aired. And I'd like to thank although the job is by far not even close to being done uh, at this stage and most certainly has tried to live up to that particular uh, responsibility. And is that what's what we're talking about here in terms of that? It's responsibility. This, is, this show is trying to be responsible to community needs, and we have to make this very humble pledge to you right now that the only way that shows like this can continue are with your support at one eight seven seven. 456-8870 or online at WBFO.org. You know, it's pretty clear that with Buffalo What's Next, uh, as as Jay mentioned, it came on, you know, days after the tragedy last year. And we weren't planning on this, but WB, uh, but Buffalo What's Next, Buffalo What's Next has actually become an award-winning program. Uh, a number of news organizations across the state have actually recognized uh, Buffalo What's Next. And, and here's the point, though. The, the prizes and the awards are not the point of the show. The point of the show is to bring communities together and have that deep conversation. We, we don't really care about the awards. The awards are nice. That's fine. However, it, what's most important to us is getting that wonderful content, that important, that, that meaningful content out to you, our listeners, and hearing from you. But we cannot do it without your financial contribution. Please go to one 456 8870 or go online at WBFO.org. You're right. Uh, the, the awards are very secondary, but yeah. they do reflect... What is reality and the right. fact that there was a need inside this community for programming just like this. And again, I keep saying it, but it's because of you, your previous support, your belief in public broadcasting. And then, you know, a, an opportunity or not even opportunity, but a, a little bit of a of a, a leap of faith from the management of this right. particular organization to put this show on the air. And Tom, nobody knows better than you how many people handle this program every day. Right? There's yeah. a lot. Uh, people do not realize just how much goes into one hour of Buffalo What's Next. There's there's an army of folks that are, are bringing you this really important content, uh, not to mention members of the community who have actually helped us out. Uh, you know, So this is, in fact, a community program and one that is brought to you by you. And we cannot do it without your support by going to one 456 8870 Yeah, thank you for mentioning the, the community members who have yeah. uh, come through. I mean... People all over uh, Buffalo's East Side have been generous enough with their with their time and their their spirit and you know, their resources to to come in here and share with us the realities of life in the city of Buffalo. And we've heard that uh, consistently throughout uh, almost a full year. It's almost a full year of this yeah. program now. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you for your support. The support is necessary not only for this particular program but to continue to expand programs. Of the of similar vein, one eight seven seven four five six eighty eight seventy. There will actually be some really special Buffalo What's Next programming that is coming up the week leading up to May fourteenth. We have a lot of very very interesting and important things that are in the pipeline that are coming your way. You can find out more about it during this pledge drive over the next week. But please go to one eight seven seven four five six eighty eight seventy or go online wbfo.org and you can pledge there. Buffalo What's Next is coming up right now. 
really need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is Buffalo What's Next. I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. And I'm Thomas O'Neill White. After May 14th, how can we afford not to talk about race? About education, about segregation, about humanity. Since the dawn of this nation, racial violence has existed. The way we have designed our society has a big hand in what occurred in that Topps market. The suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. We need to make sure that we put more funding in our programs that help prevent gun violence and more money into art. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truths. Hello and welcome to Buffalo What's Next. My name is Lorenzo Rodriguez, uh, producer and now hopefully one of the hosts in the rotation here. Um, Very special show today, as they all are, but this one in particular because we are celebrating and observing Ramadan. We are on the last day of Ramadan, heading into then tomorrow Eid. Uh, But today we are joined by a young lady by the name of Sharifa Albana. Uh, very, very, very lengthy resume here. Where to begin? I don't know, Sharifa, but uh, devout Muslim, uh, Yemeni American. You are a entrepreneur. You're a, you're on the UB Startup Ventures uh, Buffalo Business uh, Division. Uh, it's so many things. An Air, uh, Arab America, forty under forty, uh, distinguished awardee. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. I hope it's I've an honor I mean, and pleasure. I think I've 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 touched just a, a cracked the surface <laughs> of your resume, but um, uh, we brought you here on the show today because we want to learn a little bit more about the the customs, the tradition that is Ramadan, the holy month of Ramadan. Uh, it's it's I have my general knowledge, but uh, and and I'm 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 waiting to to be educated by you uh, about what this this holiday entails. Yeah, so Ramadan is actually the ninth month of the Islamic calendar. It's the holy month in which the Quran was first revealed to the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, over 1,400 years ago by by the archangel Gabriel. Um, it's, it's a time of sincere worship, reflection, repentance, and community. It's a blessed month because it's the best time to increase your faith and closeness to God. It's during this month that Muslims across the globe are fasting from dawn until sunset daily, offering the nightly prayer while reciting the Quran cover to cover throughout the month and um, providing for those in need with obligatory charity. The way I've, I've encountered Ramadan through, through those, those that observe and, and, and practice uh, Islam is that it's, it's, I, I, the fasting is a huge component of it, is that, it among others. Uh, it's one of the, the pillars of of Islam, yep. so it's 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 one of the key uh, observances uh, during Ramadan. How uh, would you? Uh, how how is the fasting process? How does that that go out? It's Ramadan. The the calendar uh, is based on lunar lunar cycle. Uh, so the sun the sunrise and sundown sunset is very important in the fasting process. Yep. Yeah. Sunrise to sunset daily for. Uh for the month of Ramadan. And then <clears throat> ultimately in the last 10 days, we believe are the most blessed days of Ramadan because it's in that time on the odd days. So the 25th, 27th, 29th of uh, the month of Ramadan on those days. So uh, we believe in, it's called Laylatul Qadr or uh, the night of decree, okay. which is a merciful night where we believe the angels come down and they accept your blessings equivalent or more than 1,000 months of worship and prayer. So the blessings of that day, you know, is really important. Um, and that is where we say the first 20 days are consistency ritual building. So breaking out of old norms and old mm-hmm. habits and recreating a ritual throughout the, you know, that time, which is approximately three weeks. And then going into that last 10 days is, um, you know, more sincere. We'd hope that it's more sincere and stronger worship in those last 10 days specifically and especially. It's taking fasting and, and the, the, that action to, to reflect as well. And, and I, I, I equate it somewhat to, I'm, I'm Catholic, so Lent, uh, the yes. giving up of, of something. You, you offer up something. Um, in this case, you're not eating, you're not drinking yes. from, from 6 a.m. to 7, 8 p.m. Yeah. Now, I mentioned the, the lunar lunar calendar. Um, every thirty years, the the, the 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 month of Ramadan 
shifts, correct? Yes, yes. So oh. at times you could be fasting yeah. in the summer, fasting in the in the bleakness yeah. of winter yeah. here in Buffalo. Uh, how how would you yeah. equate those that, that shift? Yeah, in my in my lifetime, I've fasted in the winter months. Uh, the summer months are definitely the hardest months personally because the you know mm-hmm. uh, sunset is later. So those were definitely the most difficult times for us. And fortunately, now we're at a time where it's you know seven thirty, eight o'clock. It's it's not that it's not as bad as nine thirty and down. Um, but yeah, it's it's all part of. It's all part of sacrifice. Essentially, mm-hmm. a lot of Islam has to do with following the Prophet, peace be upon him, and understanding that sacrifice is for the sake of God, and it's for the sake of others. We're sacrificing our wealth. Uh, fasting is not just fasting for yourself. Fasting is in, it's an abstinence from abstaining from not just food and drink, but from any bad habits that can take you from the path of God and the path of graciousness and his graciousness. It's it's the five pillars. It's faith, it's prayer, almsgiving, fasting, and then then the pilgrimage. Yes. That's another that's another big uh, tenet of, of Islam that 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 I think the general populace is aware of. But um, all those pillars are kind of hit on during the Ramadan month. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. Ramadan. So Ramadan, you can do minor pilgrimage. My mm-hmm. daughter, my daughter is actually in Saudi Arabia now with her father, and she actually did the minor pilgrimage this month. That's but, one one part of the resume I missed. Out. Yeah, mother. That's very <laughs> that's important. The best. That's the most important <laughs> title you can give me as a mother. Um, yeah. So the pilgrimage is actually done over two months from now, and that is the, um, you know, that time is Eid al well we say Eid al Adha, which is the um, the Eid of the large sacrifice you know, the feast of the sacrifice, uh, the feast of sacrifices is, is what it's translated to. Um, that's, that's a different Eid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the pilgrimage is before that Eid. So it's, it's a, that's the holy pilgrimage. Because there is Eid, Eid al-Fitr. Yep. Eid al-Fitr, we say, yep. And that's, that's tomorrow. So yes. we are at the tail end of Ramadan, the 10 days at the end of Ramadan. Today ends and then we go into Eid tomorrow. What is, how, do, how do you mark or celebrate Eid? What, is, what does that entail? Yeah, so Eid al-Fitr concludes the holy month of Ramadan. And Eid al-Adha, or the Eid of the Feast of Sacrifice, like I said, commemorates the willingness of the Prophet Abraham to sacrifice his son Ismail. Ismail, we say, but it's, you know, they say Ishmael, mm-hmm. for the sake of Allah. Uh, instead, he slaughtered a large lamb or ram. And um, it concludes the holy pilgrimage or Hajj al-Bayt, which is one of, which is one of the uh, pillars of Islam. Um, so Eid is typically celebrated. Both Eids are typically typically celebrated at the beginning of them the same. It begins with the entire Muslim community coming together for the Eid prayer and sermon. Additionally, community community leaders share the needs of the local and global Muslim community at large, and the congregation is asked to contribute to these causes. Uh, Eid al-Adha, in addition to to doing you know the same. It's the same celebration practices as Eid al-Fitr, but additionally, that's when the male head of household will slaughter the lamb. And with that, <clears throat> the, the best practice is to contribute to those in need. So a portion of it has to go to, a small portion of it can go to your family, and the rest of it goes to those in need. So a, a lot of, it has a lot to do with sacrificing from your wealth and sacrificing from. That's, a, that's yeah. I read up on that as well. It's a lot of, of uh, stewardship or, 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 or contributions to those uh, in need, uh, as also part of, of the whole component of Ramadan, um, and c- kind of go, jumping back a little bit to, to the, the the thirty days per se of Ramadan and the fasting. Not everyone has to fast, correct? Um, no. So there are exceptions. Um, for example, because uh, I mean, when when do you when would you normally begin? Uh, the process of fasting as a, as, right, in your, in uh, young children, teenagers? Um, so we say when they come of age, mm-hmm. and that can mean maturity. Once they understand the purpose of fasting, why we observe, 
then it becomes easier for them to want to do it. There's no force at any age or there's no specific age range, but we say once that person is of mature age, whether it's post-puberty or whether it's young adolescence, whatever the case is, it's when somebody is mature enough and wise enough to understand why we're doing it because Islam is based on intentions. If your intention is to do it because everybody else is doing it, then you know we're not really sure what the you know how yeah, blessed that would be. Yeah, you're not. You yeah, have to really. But understand. when you're doing it out of sincere worship, mm-hmm. then that's when it's hopefully uh, fulfilled and um, it's considered reward. You know, rewarding. Do you remember personally. the the first time that you you practiced the fast that you you celebrated Ramadan in in, in full? In I do. I, I want to say I was nine nine years old, but I, I was always a wise Young, nine. wise nine, yeah. very mature nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I was always a wise nine. Um, and my parents never, they never put any pressure on us to do anything. Uh, even with wearing the hijab, they never put any pressure on us to do anything. They just said, you know, do what makes you proud. As, as a global citizen, do what makes you proud. They, they taught us really young. So um, shout out to my parents, Muhammad <laughs> and Miriam. Now, uh, you, you were born in Buffalo, Yes. But then took took a detour to to Deer, Michigan, correct? Dearborn, Michigan. Dearborn, yeah. sorry. Southeast Michigan. And uh, and then you're back now here in the in 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 the the the, the city of lights. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of nicknames here. I'm I'm full disclosure to the audience. I've, I moved here seven months ago, so I'm I'm getting acquainted with uh, Buffalo and all its many names. Yeah. And people. Yeah. So um, and you're currently living out in Lackawanna. Uh, there's a strong Yemeni population there. Yes. Uh, because of the lack of representation, mm-hmm. um, we don't have a statistic. We don't have like an exact number percentage-wise, but a large a large uh, part of the population of the city of Lackawanna are Yemenites, yes. I think I saw that it's one of the largest in the country. About a third of, of, of everyone is, is uh, from Yemeni, from, from Yemenite uh, Yeah, possibly. Um, so it's, it's Lackawanna and it's also Buffalo. It's a Western mm-hmm. New York area as a whole. There's a large Yemeni population. And... Um, there also as well, um, here in Buffalo, you're, you're also working with the university at Buffalo. Yes. Uh, we're going to touch up upon that in uh, later on in, after our break. Uh, we're going to be going to break shortly here to hear more from, from our, our ongoing pledge drive. Um, but how would you describe your, your, your experience as a, a Yemenite here in, in Western New York? Yeah. Um, so I, I would just like to touch on the previous negative narrative of the Lackawanna Yemeni community. And just to say, in the last few years, we have really evolved as a community. We have elected multiple Yemeni American community uh, committee men and council members, including the first female Yemeni American councilwoman in the city of Lackawanna. Her name is Amira. Shout out to Amira. <laughs> Uh, several Lackawanna City School District Board of Education members and our assistant superintendent of the Lackawanna City School District is also a proud Yemeni, female Yemeni American. So shout out to Nadia. Um, in addition, several Yemeni American doctors and physicians have opened pharmacies, practices. Several entrepreneurs like myself have, have opened businesses across Western New York. And I currently, I couldn't be prouder of the current state of the Lackawanna Yemenite community. And uh, with Eid being tomorrow, I'm, I'm assuming there's there's events, there's there's yes. on uh, happenings, there's yeah. a lot of feasts, correct? Yes, our we start off with a big breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, not start off actually. It's it's prayer first. So the prayer, the sermon, the congregation reaches out for for almsgiving. We kind of glazed or glossed over that. Yeah. Rather. Uh, there's there's you pray probably five eight times throughout the the Ramadan day so five times are the obligatory prayers in addition to that there's uh there's three or four additional prayers but the nightly prayer is called tarawih and that's where we're reciting the quran so that in hopes that by the end of ramadan we cover the quran cover to cover in recitation uh in addition to that there's (laughs) a lengthy (laughs) yeah yeah in addition there's there's additional prayers which we call sunnah which is um extra prayers that the prophet peace be upon him offered and always so. facing in the direction of Mecca. How? Yes. How do you? How do you? Thank, thankfully, there's apps. Some geniuses <laughs> <laughs> created apps that it's called the the Qibla Finder, which actually finds the direction. So everywhere we go can be in the middle of anywhere, as long as we have Wi-Fi, we're able to see where the Qibla is. <laughs> It's it's sorry if it's if it's a if, if for part of my ignorance I just I always think I, when I'm in a place I always have to find due north and then <laughs> and and I can't imagine that when you're in a when you're traveling or or you're not in your established frame of mind like where 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 do I face where how do I where, where's Mecca I need to find Mecca yeah there's an app for that thankfully 
<laughs> We're talking to Sharif Albana, a, a very uh, a decorated member of, of the Yemeni American uh, community out here in Western New York. Uh, we're going to touch upon, like I mentioned, your, your business background, uh, that your, your role at University at Buffalo. Uh, you, you, you actually helped. Uh, this is currently we're in Amer- Arab American Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. This is something that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, started as of last year, correct? The movement has been since 2017, um, but it actually was a letter was sent to the Arab America Foundation by President Biden recognizing April as Arab American Heritage Month. This year, he actually proclaimed it for the first time in United States history. A sitting United States president actually um, proclaimed April as Arab American Heritage Month. And you, with your role within the University at Buffalo, you actually helped start the observance of Arab American History Month. Absolutely. Thanks Heritage to, Month. My apologies. Yeah, Heritage Month. Yeah, absolutely. I worked, uh, I collaborated and worked closely with the UBPSS, which is a pro- professional senate, and the Office of Inclusive Excellence. They took the ball and, you know, completely um, not only dignified, but humanized the importance of the observation of April's Arab American Heritage Month, and they have gone above and beyond to make this event possible. So thank you to the UB Office of Inclusive Excellence and the UBPSS. Any any particular events that, that will happen today or tomorrow? It's actually going to be next week on the 25th. Okay. So Tuesday the 25th in the landmark room at the University at Buffalo, um, our, our, UB, our inaugural UB Arab American Heritage Month celebration will be held. Fantastic. Thank you. And like I said, you spearheaded that. You you got that off and running for the most part. I, I you're very you're very modest, and I appreciate <laughs> that. But you have, like I said, so many uh, uh, so many pl- places that you're involved in. I'm just happy that you were able to uh, partition some time for us <laughs> on Buffalo. What's next to speak today? Thank you for having me. Um, it's an absolute honor. We are about to go to break in uh, just a few minutes. Uh, we'll be back with Sharifa Albana uh, to discuss some more about the. Yemeni American population here in Western York, the, the 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 hurdles and obstacles for for them, and also the larger and and more concerning issue going on back in Yemen uh, with the humanit- humanitarian crisis out there. Uh, you're listening to Buffalo. What's next on WBFO? And thank you very much for joining us. I'm Jay Moran along with Tom Barrich on day one of the WBFO Spring Membership Drive. It is membership, the membership of public radio members who make the difference here at WBFO. It's why WBFO is here. That's why Buffalo What's Next is here. And most certainly we'll get back to the program for you in just a little bit. But we have to start off with that phone number, one 456 8870 You know, it's never been easier to give to the station. Um, and we don't want this process to be difficult. Along with that phone call, uh, you can also go online, wbfo.org. And, uh, or you can actually go to the WBFO.org app on your phone and press the donate button. It's a little little red button in the upper right-hand corner. But uh, bringing you this this kind of programming is the kind of thing that, well, we cannot do it without your support, and we need your support. Uh, bringing this kind of wonderful programming and the uh, locally produced programming that is going to be very new in the next month. You'll be hearing more about that a little bit later in the Pledge Drive. Uh, very, very exciting things that are coming that are locally produced to the WBFO Airways. But we can't do it without your support. one 456 8870 or go online, pledge online at WBFO.org. You know, Tom, uh, in our last break, you mentioned something that I've been reflecting on since then. And you, you mentioned how, you know, it's listener dollars, it's station management taking mm-hmm. a leap, but the community coming together and being a part of this program is really what has made the difference. And yesterday I had a chance to go over to uh, the, they uh, unveiled the Highmark Mobile Food mar- uh, food truck. It's a, a $370,000 effort uh, that from the Blue Fund that's making this a possibility. They're going to take courtesy of Buffalo Go Green, they're going to be taking fresh fruits and vegetables wow. to the underserved neighborhoods of, uh, of Buffalo uh, throughout the city. It's, a, it's a quite the ambitious program. And the chair of uh, the uh, Erie County Legislature, April Baskin, was there, and she called it a victory. She called it a victory. Yeah. And, and, and I've been thinking a lot about that, how Buffalo's East Side needs lots and lots and lots of victories. That's the one thing I think we have talked about here uh, during the last year on this program. There's a lot more to be uncovered, but also just that. What are the things that are going to make a difference? This is just one of those victories that has to come. But that I just, I 
I kind of put that all together when you said about community right. and how the community members really have made the difference on this program. So a big thanks has to really go to them as well. But back to the other point of it, the dollars and cents, the reality of it all, sure. this show does not exist without listener support. one 456 As I had mentioned um, uh, in the last break, I'm a relatively new transplant to Western New York, and um, I, I had actually started this job as the program director not long after Buffalo What's Next had already been on the air. So in researching um, th- this, this new job that I was taking, the first thing I listened to, and the first thing that I was actually asked to listen to was Buffalo What's Next mm-hmm. and give my thoughts on it. And um, my, my first and initial thoughts uh, were, what an amazing program. And, and when I finally got here, what I could not believe is how much that WBFO cares for the community and the community tends to care for WBFO. And the programming that we have cannot go on the air without support from our community. You can go to one 456 8870 or pledge online at WBFO.org right now. And I think Buffalo What's Next, to a certain extent, has become a conduit for the community to to connect with yeah. a part of, of Buffalo. And there's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the statistics speak for themselves. You know, the bu- Buffalo is one of the most segregated cities in America. That's just a fact. Right. Buffalo's east side is one of the most impoverished portions of anywhere in the United States. That's also a fact. That being stated, though, I think what people have heard during Buffalo What's Next are the realities, the humanity of Buffalo's east side. And with that, it shows you what is possible in public broadcasting. And it's only possible because, A, there's no need to, you know, kiss up to ratings of course. Advertisers, yep. things like that. But because of that, the money that puts this on the air comes out of listener dollars. What was really interesting, and and with Buffalo What's Next, as, as strong uh, of a community program as it is, something that we have done recently, and um, more details will be coming up of this soon, but uh, Buffalo What's Next is starting to reach out to other areas of the country to see th- that, that have experienced similar tragedies to what we experienced on May 14th. And, um, you know, the, many, many other programs, or excuse me, many other, other cities are having the same kind of responses, the communities coming out for uh, their the, the folks that may have suffered a, a tragedy. And um, we're really interested and we're really excited about bringing you this kind of powerful information and powerful content from this research that we've done just in the last few weeks. And we'll, that'll be coming up on May 8th, leading up to May 14th. So more about that coming up. But again, we can't bring this really powerful content to you without going to WBFO.org and making a pledge right now or calling one 877 And just to follow up on that, Tom, and I'll, I'll just spurt it out on the air, but uh, uh, on May 12th, this organization is going to have a special day of remembrance. And this is, you know, when I talk about this organization, Buffalo Toronto Public Media, if you're familiar with the, how things are set up here on Lower Terrace, it's a pretty big building yeah. next to the old Adams Mark Hotel down here on Lower Terrace. And there are a lot of other uh, entities inside here besides WBFO, but the entire organization is going to have a, a special day of remembrance. Buffalo Public School students will be here. Uh, it's going to be a, a uh, it's going to be a, a real great effort here, and there are a lot of other programs like Tom was uh, 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 alluding to there uh, coming up during that week as well that you'll be hearing here on WBFO. It's all part of I think of a, of a, a collective response to what happened last year on May 14th, and of course Buffalo What's Next is a direct response to that. It needs your support. One eight seven seven four five six eighty eight seventy. Indeed, and um, you know we we haven't really made this. Think of this as the soft announcement of all of the special programming. We haven't really talked about it just yet, but you're going to hear a lot of it very, very soon, including during this pledge break. Uh, before we move on to more Buffalo What's Next, I wanted to go ahead and say thank you to Nina, who mm. just contributed. To free, uh, Nina is from Buffalo. Thank you so much for your contribution. Yeah. Nina, you are part of a community that actually helps bring this programming to the air. Please go to one 456 8870 or WBFO.org right now. Yes, we got one, just one minute to go. We'll get back to the program here. And of course, we want, want to be uh, uh, very conscious of that because that's what you're here to, to listen to, Buffalo What's Next. We know a lot of people have been listening. They make this part of the, their day um, for sure. But part of that, though, is to understand that it comes with a cost. And the cost is turned to you to pay for it. As a listener of public radio here in Western New York, do what you can 
to support Buffalo What's Next. 1-877-456-8870. Go online to WBFO.org. We'll get back to the program for you here. But thank you, first and foremost, for listening to Buffalo What's Next. Thank you for your support, whether you do it today or sometime during this pledge drive. This is the WBFO Spring Membership Drive. Again, the number before we go back to the program, 1-877-456-8870 or online at WBFO.org. This is Buffalo What's Next, where we have conversations with the community about moving forward. To have your voice heard, press the Talk to Us button on the WBFO app, and we'll work to get your questions and comments on the air. Join us on Twitter at WBFO or email us at news at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. Welcome back to Buffalo What's Next. I'm Lorenzo Rodriguez, and I'm here with uh, Yemeni-American Sharif Albana. That's just one, one, one way to describe this uh, very uh, 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 decorated individual, uh, very uh, involved individual in not just the Western New York population, but the Yemeni population, the Arab-American population out here in Buffalo. Um, Sharifa. Uh, one thing we didn't touch upon right before we ended, uh, kind of going over what is Ramadan, the, the customs and, and beliefs uh, that, that go along with it. If for those of us that are non-Muslim, that, that we are, we're not practicing uh, Muslims and, and not observing Ramadan, how can we, how should we properly respect those who are? Uh, I would say the best way to support a Muslim observing Ramadan is by better understanding their why. Once non-Muslims understand why their friends, colleagues, co-workers aren't eating during the day or why they may be strict around prayers this month or why their typical habits have changed, then these rituals can be better understood. Uh, this is why I commend your invitation to join you today. Uh, it is my duty in faith to help my non-Muslim community understand our why. And I'm blessed to have had colleagues and co-workers in the past that have actually you know, prayed or fasted in solidarity. So... Um, there's a, a huge respect for the people that support what we do this month and what we have going on this month. You mentioned before our conversation here uh, that you have you have colleagues that have have in solidarity have have joined you in, in fasting. Uh, I, I I said that oh I've done intermittent fasting, <laughs> but that that pales pales into a, a com, in comparison to a practically a twelve hour sometimes twelve hour fast. So um, it's good to hear though that that that. That Ramadan is is being acknowledged, it's being being respected, and 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 the why is very important. I, yes, I think absolutely. you brought that to us today, so thank you for that. And I thank know you, you you said thank you for for letting you on, but but we're we're pleased to have <laughs> you uh, educate us, uh, in, in enlighten our 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 listening community, and 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 also just bring awareness to some of the the, the situations here in Western New York, as well as later on, we're going to be kind of delving into what's going on back in, in your homeland of Yemen. Um, but as far as the, the Arab American population here in, in Western New York, um, you're part of the Arab American foundation. Uh, this is Arab American history. I'm sorry, Her- Arab American heritage month. Yep. Uh, you're, you're a 40, a member of the 40 under 40 from 2022 of, of the Arab, Amer- Arab American foundation. Uh, explain your, your involvement with them. Uh, how 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 that came to be, what you're doing with them, and how that relates out here to Western New York. Yeah, so the Arab America Foundation is a nonprofit organization based in Washington, D.C. The founders, uh, Warren David and Dr. Amal David, have done a tremendous job at making sure that across the states, across the United States of America, we have representation for all types of Arabs. Now, being Arab is different than being Muslim. Hmm. They're, they're, they obviously can overlap, which because I'm Arab and I'm Yemeni and I'm Muslim, but there are plenty of Arabs that are uh, of Jewish descent and of Christian um, faith and of different, you know, of of, uh, the Jewish faith and different faiths, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it could possibly be no faith at all, but they're still Arab American at the end of the day. And that's what the importance of this month is the inclusivity of all Arabs on a national level. So my work here in Buffalo um, with it being predominantly a Yemeni population, I'm fortunate to support both my Yemeni 
population and our BIPOC and historically underrepresented communities. And on a national level, I do, I'm, I'm proud to have the ability to support the nonprofit like the Arab America Foundation, having the ability as if I was actually <clears throat> the first female Yemeni American board member which is <laughs> gotta add that one to yeah me. which is which is pretty awesome so, <laughs> so uh being able to have a say in uh what Yemeni Americans are feeling across the states is absolutely huge to me because representation is huge and that's what the Arab America Foundation is about they're trying to get that representation that we so need and deserve at this point um in our in our history in the history of Arab Americans being in the United States of America with the MENA uh, with enacting MENA which is the Middle Eastern and North African um, the category on the U.S. Census because historically we are considered yeah. Caucasian and we don't we don't we are not fortunate enough to have the privilege that comes with being um, you know a, a white of the white population in the United States of America. Um, so, so getting that added to the census, uh, where is, is do you know where that's that's at currently that that initiative? Um, it is looking positive. I know that Debbie Dingle. Uh, con- uh, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and Rashida Tlaib have actually, um, they're, they're spearheading this. And um, I know that it has gotten to a point of um, making its way. It's, it's making its way for the signatures that we need. So that's, that's really all we know. Well, and also we mentioned prior that uh, you, you're an entrepreneur. You, you've, you've started businesses out here in, in Lackawanna and Western New York. Um, and you're also on, associated with uh, UB's Business and Entre- Entrepreneur Partnerships uh, Division. Something there that I wanted to touch on that I that just caught my eye, the Cultivator Program. That's something I, that's a big initiative for them. Um, you have your own personal ties to, to it in, in a way. Can, can you elaborate? Yeah. So with uh, the Cultivator Program, I actually um, am, I have the, I'm blessed and I have the opportunity to have um, – a role in the growth of the program. And with that, I am able to meet underrepresented founders, historically underrepresented founders, in addition to obviously uh, other founders. So the Cultivator Program is is open to all founders. Uh, We just put an emphasis on underrepresented founders, Mm -hmm. which is BIPOC communities and uh, women and and other underrepresented populations. So with the Cultivator Program, offered by our team at the UBBEP, which is a UB Business and Entrepreneur Partnerships, we offer mentorship and pre-seed funding of $100,000 to early stage high growth startups in Western York. It, typ- it typically takes nine months or so well, once you're invited to join and uh, 75% of our founders are either a woman, a minority, or both. And I touched on your your venture into the business world, uh, Arabica Enterprises. You had, you had a you, you you started a a grocery store in mm-hmm. in Lackawanna. Uh, at one point had an uh, insurance agency. Now you're helping others kind of find that way into entrepreneurship to being their own yeah. their own their own bosses and owners. And how, what are the if anything? How would you you qua- uh, qualify or quantify or describe rather the the current state of of, of Arab American businesses out here in in, in Buffalo? Um, what hurdles, any, any obstacles per se that, that, or how it could be, how could, what, what do we need to address in terms of, of, of getting more, um, more, um, uh, members into the business world? So I would say that our Yemeni community is an ever growing population, but humble nonetheless. So most of them, you, you know, people in the area know them as a corner store and bodega owners around Buffalo, um, but what they don't know is we're also successful founders, physicians, scientists, educators, engineers, etc. And without the proper representation, our socioeconomic contributions are not as widely celebrated as other populations in the United States. And this is why I work as hard as I do for that representation. So definitely, I would say um, not to count us out. Yeah. And you, and you're you're consulting, right? You're 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 helping. Uh these start these startups with the cultivator program also through UB um, to get there. Uh, we're t- we're speaking with Sharifa Albana, uh, proud uh, Yemeni American, uh, like I mentioned, entrepreneur, a member of the Arab American Foundation, Amer- Arab America Foundation. Mm-hmm. My apologies on the okay. board as well. Uh, you're gonna be going down to DC to, to pretty Celebrate. soon. Celebrate. Uh, yep. 
they're, they're having their events down there. Um, and your, your journey, your journey to where you are right now in life. Um, we're not, we're not, I said un, uh, 40 under 40, we're not putting an age, you know, I know not as an interviewer, not to ask that question, much less of a lady. Um, but you're, you're, you're now in this part of your life, your mother, you're, you're a, a proud member of your community. What's been your journey like to yeah. this point in, 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 in this part of the world? So I began my entrepreneurial journey as a small business consultant, uh, predominantly for non-English speaking Arab Americans. I then started working with clients, all different types of clients that needed my support. Um, at this time, I started studying economic impact through entrepreneurship, and I realized that if more people like me open businesses, it would inspire others to do the same. Hmm. More business equals increased economic wealth. I moved back to Buffalo from Dearborn, Michigan, which is in southeast Michigan, almost four years ago, and I began opening my own businesses to inspire others. Um, and my work in the Western New York community has been widely recognized, you know, so much so that I was offered my current role at the UB, BEP, um, where we work to support all types of founders with an emphasis on the historically unrepresented communities. I'm blessed. I, I, one thing I, I failed to bring up is the Buffalo Business First Idea Award. Yeah. Uh, that, what was what was that a in, in, as as far as uh, because of your 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 involvement in 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 the community, um, that that um, once again so many accolades <laughs> to go to Sharifa yeah. leave some for us. <laughs> um, no, I, I appreciate you taking your time to to educate us on 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 this very uh, predominant uh, section of our population that that's right in our in our. In our midst, um, now you mentioned you are of Yemeni descent. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you've. I'm, I'm assuming you've been back back home. Um, yep. If for those that are un- unaware, uh, I, hopefully more. We hope more should will be aware of it. Uh, but there's a huge humanitarian crisis going on back in Yemen. Um, to kind of kind of tie into 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 the the, the spirit of Ramadan of of of, of Looking towards those less fortunate and helping, and 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 appreciating what one has currently, um, I want to talk about that 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 conflict, how it's mm-hmm. it's come about. It's been now decades now that it's been ongoing, mm-hmm. uh, a brutal civil war per se, correct? Yeah. That's that's yeah. has the the people of, of Yemen in caught in the midst. Uh, I think it's uh, it's it's thirteen percent of, of the population has been displaced. Uh, 21 million of them uh, in Yemen are, are, are seeking some sort of humanitarian support. Food is scarce, water is scarce. But uh, I, I'd like to hear from you. Uh, how how what what's going on in Yemen? So um, the war in Yemen began as a political rebellion over a decade ago, um, and there's no proper. Well, I don't want to say there's no, but. At one point, there was no proper government structure, and that um, that in turn caused widespread famine, hunger, and starvation. Uh, thanks to nonprofit organizations like the United Humanitarian Foundation, homes are now being built. Food and fresh water is being provided daily to provide the basic physiological needs to uh, realistically the worst humanitarian crisis in modern history, and predominantly those displaced people. I believe the, um, the UN had a, had that. Uh, 2018 report stating that this is probably the worst we've seen in quite some time. In modern history, Mm -hmm. the worst humanitarian crisis in modern history. Um, So thanks to, you know, people like Iman Ali Ahmed, she is uh, the executive director and the the founding, one of the founding chairwomen of the United Humanitarian Foundation, which I'm fortunate enough to, and I'm blessed to be the advisory board chairman, well, chairwoman <laughs> for the United Humanitarian Foundation and great work is being done. Homes have been, have been built. We have, uh, we had a goal of 70 homes to be built, which would, which would house 700 people. And currently there's 15 left to be built to reach that first goal. And we, we were, we're really ambitious, so we have more. But currently we have a bakery, we opened a bakery that sustains 6,000 people daily mm-hmm. and provide fresh water to over 25,000 people daily um, in addition to the housing project. That's that's huge. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a, it's two-thirds of the population that requires it because of this, this unfortunate political 
conflict without getting into the yeah. politics of it all. It's just the, 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 oh, another country where where uh, its its people are, are unfortunately suffering as a result of it. Yeah, um, we're speaking with Sharifa Obana, um, Muslim American, Arab Arab American, um, a, a member of the Yemeni population of Western New York. Um, kind of kind of taking a, a, a very big conflict with many different tentacles and, and, and trying to uh, personify it and what, what 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 can we do all the way over here in in, in Buffalo what can yeah. we do to uh, besides uh, the awareness of it yeah I would say to start local mm. um, there's refugees that are taking refuge across Western New York right now. A large, a large population of refugees are here in Western New York. And I would encourage people to reach out to the local nonprofit organizations like Access of Western New York um, and local mosques to learn of ways that they can support those in need. So um, there are people in the community, there's community leaders, Muslim and non-Muslim alike, that are supporting these refugees. So a um, huge, huge uh, support system here in Western New York. Now, as far as the... The, the conflict there's been some silver lining or some positive that that's been coming out uh i know i think last year there was supposedly a ceasefire but with the there, u.s yes there's still some some conflicts going on what are what is what can we look forward to and, and what can we hopefully have more of in the situation in yemen yeah so the united states retracted from the war they retracted their support to saudi arabia in the war and actually in this week and i think that's just the power of prayer overall in the Muslim community across the globe, in Turkey, Syria, Yemen. Um, I think just the power of prayer and support of the, the Yemeni humanitarian crisis, there's now, uh, there's talks of peace. So Saudi Arabia did declare that they want to make peace and end the war, finally. It's, it, there's so much conflict going on in the world and, and, and I, I couldn't, it's hard to, um, to, to, to address every conflict at, at once but but the yemen uh, uh humanitarian crisis is something that uh, I, I i think we can't speak enough about um we you've you said that there is a large refugee population here um have you uh, how how are they um i don't want to say assimilate but but how do they how have they been uh managing that that displacement uh, i mentioned it's it's close to 4.5 million people displaced they're going to different parts of the world, they're they're coming here to Buffalo as well. How how yeah. is that for, yeah. for that population? So local mosques across Western New York actually own surrounding properties, and they've actually just house as many people as they can in those properties without them actually paying rent or anything. So mm. when we're in congregation on Eid, and when those community leaders are saying this is the need that we have here, they're talking about the need on a local level, in addition to obviously a national level, but realistically the emphasis is on the local need um furniture there's furniture drives all the time so the mosques are providing and not just mosques there's mosques there's churches synagogues i mean western new york is literally the you know the city of a good neighbors right so, so i've been told <laughs> so there's people from across journeys end is a huge support mm. there are so many in addition to access of western new york you know they make sure they're amplifying there's going to be a furniture drive hey so and so is picking up furniture for this family this furniture this this family is in need of food this month or, or whatever the case is, and um, and the community comes together. The Yemenite Benevolent Association was actually a huge part of our community, and um, benevolence is huge with Yemeni people. Well, it's, it's, it's great that we're able to have this conversation about Ramadan uh, and, and kind of tying that in. It's, 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 it's such an important, important part of, of the the observance of Ramadan to, to, to there's usually if, correct me if I'm wrong. There's there's gifts given to to, to younger <laughs> members of the family. Um, usually the elderly and the, the elders will give give uh, bestow gifts on on the younger uh, uh, generation, but also the the community at large that needs it. Um, so it's great that we we're able to to bring awareness to this uh, this huge issue, but also within this time of year because of what it means to. Uh, to the Muslim uh, uh, population. 
Yeah, the, the gift giving is more of a commercialization of Eid, right? Mm. It's something, you know, it's a holiday we're celebrating. We have Eid parties, our, our community, our Lackawanna community, Western New York community, Amherst Muslim community. They, they you know, they go all out and they have these huge Eid festivals. It's everything. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and the kids love that. Books. But at the heart of everything, it's that sermon. It's that sermon that hits the heart. The why, the yeah. It's, it's that sermon that's there. And then being able to break fast, which have mm-hmm. breakfast early in the morning with our family and just having that quality time and being present. That's what Ramadan is. Ramadan is meant to ground us and it's meant to give you that tranquility and that calm that living as human beings in our day to day. And we get so, uh, we get, we get so invested in the mundane, right? Day after day after day. And Ramadan reminds us that we're human. And that's why humanitarian efforts are so important this month. Well, um, you mentioned being in the day to day and being present and, and being aware of oneself, um, I, I hats off to you. I, I usually towards the end of our conversations, we like to promote uh, what our, our guests are doing, and and not to put you out there, but you you are not on socials. You are you are not a other than I believe LinkedIn. A LinkedIn, correct? yeah. You are off that that beast of of <laughs> that we are yeah. all somehow connected. It, it <laughs> seems like, but um, what projects uh, out of the many uh, uh, organizations and groups that you're associated with? What what are, what are you working on? What can we what can we promote? What can we uh, bring out there to the the people of Western New York? What, yeah, a couple of resources. What haven't you done, Sharif? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really like I said, the heart of everything is is you know being a human, reminding mm-hmm. myself that I'm here as a vessel. I I'd love to be a, a beacon of light, a beacon of hope, and a vessel and be able to carry those that cannot carry themselves in their time of need, because you know. Today I, I have it, and today I might be great, and today I might be grand, but who's to say I might not be in need or my daughter might not be in need? Who's to say that starvation is not imminent for me? So I just believe in paying it forward while you do have it, and that's super important, which uh, takes me to um, my first like a link that we have, which is uh, we currently have a Launch Good campaign. for It's uh, the launchgood.com slash campaign slash homes for the homeless displaced in Yemen. Uh, second to that would definitely be ArabAmericaFoundation.org. Um, and then with the Cultivator Program, you know, www.buffalo.edu slash, partner, slash partnerships slash about um, programs, UB Cultivator. And um, finally, would definitely be AccessWesternNewYork.org. That's a, a socioeconomic nonprofit organization here in Lackawanna, a local one that definitely does a lot of supporting with the refu- the local refugee population and underrepresented populations in need. It's, it's even though the, it's it's the you know serving Arab American socioeconomic populations, they support everybody. Their uh, access is it's amazing. I can't say enough. So shout out to to uh, Talib Abdallah. Like I mentioned, for being off disconnected from 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 the interwebs uh you are very connected in the community and i appreciate that i thank you as a relatively new buffalonian uh thank you for making our community uh better than than it is uh that's uh, i hope that that that's if anything um when we we brought you on is to hopefully uh show that we're all we're all in this together but we're all a, a big portion of us are working to make the immediate the 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 little scope of of earth that we have better. And yeah. and I appreciate that you're doing that out here in Western New York. We have a, a few more minutes left uh, here with Shir- Sharifa Albana, uh, a, a, a woman of many, many roles and, and, and experiences. Um, Sharifa, I want to thank you so much for coming onto the show from Buffalo. What's next? Um, happy, happy Ramadan, right? We can, it's a happy. Yeah, yeah. We'll what, what's the what's the the proper way to to address yeah. someone? So we say uh, Ramadan Mubarak, which means a blessed Ramadan, because of yeah, the purpose is to to be blessed in that month. Well, we're we're blessed that you you joined <laughs> us. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so and, much. Uh, and and this has been Buffalo. What's next? I'm Lorenzo Rodriguez on WBFO, your NPR station.
And uh, thank you very much to Sharifa Albana for being with us on Buffalo What's Next and also to Lorenzo Rodriguez for hosting this hour's program. I'm Jay Moran along with Tom Barrich here on day number one of the WBFO Pledge Drive, and we're talking about Buffalo What's Next. And I also want to pass along what uh, Sharifa just mentioned. I believe she said Ramadan Mubarak. Nice little greeting here uh, for you as well. Uh, Let's start off with the phone number. The support of Public public Radio all starts with you, 1-877-456-8870. Where else are you going to get radio programming like Buffalo What's Next? Right here on WBFO. And we can't bring this kind of wonderful content without your support our listeners this is your community radio station please go right now to wbfo.org and make a donation there or call 1-877-456-8870 if you are already a member or have already given today thank you so much for your support and whether it was a sustaining member a one-time lump sum or an additional gift it's very very valuable to what we are able to provide for you If you're trying to decide if you want to give now or later, the answer is right now. Join together with those who have given and add to the financial stability this station has and needs to continue to sustain. Thank you. And we want to go ahead and say a very specific thank you to a couple of folks who did, in fact, pledge in this last show. Diane from Williamsville and Judith from Buffalo, thank you very much. I'm actually going to go ahead and mention the folks that called from Buffalo. So we've got Timothy, uh, Michael, uh, uh, Nina, and Judith, all from Buffalo. We've also got a couple of Amherst. We've got Patricia and Daniel. Let's see. We've got two Williamsvilles, Alice and Diane. And we've got a Jamestown with Mackenzie and a place I'd only heard of for the very first time about an hour ago, Bemis Point. Anita, thank you so much for your contribution. We really appreciate that. Please go right now to wbfo.org or call 1-877-456-8870. Yeah, and thank you for listening. That's also um, a great compliment as well, but it's uh, listener dollars that make the difference and make uh, Buffalo What's Next a a possibility. Again, thanks to Sharifa talking about uh, the Yemeni population here in Western New York that has actually expanded uh, considerably over uh, uh, recent uh, decades here, especially in uh, the Lackawanna and uh, Amherst area as well. Uh, Great to uh, have this kind of conversation. You know, it's one of the things about, I think, public radio listeners. Public radio listeners are lifelong learners. And I think if you listen to the last hour, you learned a lot about a a segment of our population that I don't think a lot of people necessarily know that much about. Uh, Sharif also got into the humanitarian disaster that's going on in Yemen as well. And it was great that she could expand on that and some of the humanitarian efforts that are are there as well. That's the type of programming you get on public radio and here locally because of uh, the management here at Buffalo Toronto Public Media putting this program on the air, Buffalo What's Next. It's the type of thing we're learning about our community and it most certainly deserves and needs your support. Indeed it does. Uh, You know, Buffalo What's Next has been concentrating almost exclusively on the Buffalo area, but we are starting to reach out to other communities, not just around the area, but around the country. And we've got some some very special programming coming up here leading up to May 14th that we're going to tell you about. Uh, During during this pledge drive over the next next week, we'll trickle out some more information as far as what exactly this this special programming actually is. But we have, in fact, done some some research in other parts of the country and, and seen... Um, places that have experienced tragedies similar to May 14th and compare to see, you know, where, where are those communities now? And uh, is it a cautionary tale? Is there hopeful optimism? Um, th- but this kind of content, this very special, this very powerful content can't come to you without your support. Please go to one 456 8870 or pledge online at WBFO.org. And I think in the last break, I let a little bit of it out of the bag, but on, on, Friday, May 12th, here at Buffalo Toronto Public Media Day of Remembrance. Uh, Mm -hmm. Buffalo Public School students will be coming in here, lots of programming for them. Uh, um, To to hear our our CEO talking about it was very exciting, uh, and I think a lot of us are very energized about being part of that on that particular day. I think everybody wants to do something coming up to May 14th. It's it's less less that we're excited about it so much as we just see how important that this particular, that these series of events leading up to this, this anniversary of the tragedy is. It, community is definitely going 
going to be able to come together with this, and we are happy to be a part of of this uh, coming together of folks from the community. And um, you know, along with the new programming that we have, uh, the special programming that we have for Buffalo What's Next leading up to May 14th, there will be a keep your ears out over the pledge for the next few days. Uh, some special, not just special, but new permanent programming that we're going to be having for WBFO. Uh, we are been, have been working very hard behind the scenes with some new programs that are going to include new locally produced programs. So more of the uh, local content is going to be on the air very soon here on WBFO. But we cannot do this without your support. WBFO.org. And if you happen to go into the WBFO.org app, uh, there's a little red button in the upper right-hand corner, and you can click and donate there if you want to donate from your phone, because, you know, you can do that now. This is WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo, WOLN Olean, and WUBJ Jamestown, your NPR station. Buffalo What's Next is on every weekday morning at 10 o'clock. It re-airs at 9 o'clock. It's available uh, as a podcast, and it's also archived at WBFO.org. And all of that, as you can well imagine, it takes resources. A lot of resources are committed to this program. We know that you enjoy listening to it, and thank you very much for listening. Can you be a supporter right now? What can you do to support public radio in Western New York? Give that some consideration and make that call at one 456 8870 or online to WBFO.org. It's never been easier to give to the station right now. You have a lot of options for whatever and whatever may works best for you. Right now, you can give us a call at 877-456-8870. Speak to someone who will ask you a few quick questions, and then you'll be on with your day. Or you can go online, of course, at WBFO.org or go to the app and click Click on the donate button. And uh, whatever which way you choose goes towards the community. You are listening to WBFO, and we have 1A coming up here in just about two seconds.